space. The final frontier. And we'll get there eventually. But for now, we're hanging out in the studio and we're talking about it. This is the Scene Snobs Presents Warp Factor Fiction, a chronological analysis of Star Trek on screen. Every month we bring you two new episodes where we talk about one full season of Star Trek in order all the way through. And we can't wait for you guys to get in on it with us. If you want to join a discussion, make sure you're in the comments or head over to our Discord. Uh, the video is available on our Patreon as an exclusive feature. You can go check that out there or listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are put out. Thank you guys so much for being here to listen to this. Uh, please let us know what you think as we get in depth. This is our first episode where we talk about season one of enterprise it was a little rude and crude we were getting into it and we're trying to figure out how we're doing things but we think you'll enjoy it and have a good time with us so stay tuned let's talk about star trek and have some fun what's going on everybody welcome to the final frontier the only star trek show you'll ever need and that is warp factor fiction a chronological analysis of star trek on screen one of our favorite franchises we're really getting into it season by season movie by movie every month here on patreon we are talking about them and going over them in depth now also keep in mind we have our companion series over on our youtube channel quarter impulse where we get into like the real nitty-gritty of things uh specifically things we want to talk about in within the star trek universe i'm your host mick manhattan joined by my number one for life the man the myth the legend casey the man man plot what's up buddy thank you thank you thank you hey buddy how are you man it's good to see you we're in the same I'm room doing, i know we're doing right? this thing we're, we're doing like studio stuff it's pretty cool man it feels yeah. good well i thought it'd be nice especially when we do these because like yeah the intros are great but yeah talk to each other that's exactly. what it's all about exactly and it's nice that we have our archie bunker chairs I mean, you I know. know we're comfortable just hanging out i love it it's wonderful it's oh, perfect yeah. it's the way it should be and guys we are building out our studio space so you will get to see it more and more as it goes but we have some fun trek stuff in store mm -hmm. for you as we go along that we do um but yeah let's get into it but so we want to talk about it. season two of enterprise that's where we're at yes we are and it's been a long road <laughs> getting from there to here but i'll tell you what <laughs> This second season is pretty solid, buddy. It's probably we're going to discuss the first yeah. 13 episodes out of 26 in this episode, yeah. and then make sure to tune in next week for the wrap up of season two. Exactly. Every month we do two episodes a month, and it covers the full season. But we are in season two of Enterprise, and it kicks off. So okay, we're so we go into, and we're not going to go season by season, but we want to talk about the episodes at first. Mm -hmm. um, so the first 13 episodes in this um, that we want to talk about here, uh, kind of getting into depth a little bit more about it is we get back to Shockwave Part 2. Yep, we That's... finally get to wrap that up because Star Trek is known for its two-parters. Yeah. We have to have as many two-parters as possible, especially cliffhanger season finales. They have to happen. And that was a huge so, one oh, because yeah. we had Archer stuck in the past. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. All the way in the future. Yep, with um, Daniels. With yep. Daniels. In the Temporal War, things have gone haywire. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's happening. They're trying to figure out who has destroyed this settlement that Enterprise is being blamed for. Yeah. And so that's fun. You know, 2,600 people that you watch basically in part one of this when we finish <laughs> season one, uh, that episode, Shockwave Part One, that's where you really amazingly get this despondent captain. You know, yeah. it's funny how he's just got no hope. The guy who's been fighting and pushing for the best of everyone is like, well, it doesn't matter. We we killed thirty six hundred people. We suck. Like, I know, and it, but that that's what drove me nuts about the last season. When we were talking about that a little bit and, and getting back into this, um, I, I love the tidbits that they had in the first in this first episode. And the reason I want to get more in depth about this particular episode is because it is a continuation off mm -hmm. the last, and and it kind of sets up a little bit of like where we're going to go into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and Big you time. know. He get you get the hint on the Federation, yeah, you know because he sees he sees the book in the future and he's like, "What's this?" He's like, "You're not supposed to know about that." Yeah, um, which which begs the question: with all of this time travel and the temporal war and things like that, what is that the proponent to why the Federation comes together, or was it always meant to come together and this is just what's happening now? 
Right. Time I travel. think it's one of those. The time travel is uh, is an afterthought. It's something. Yeah. It's not chicken or the egg here. I think it's pretty clear that there was a line in the way things happened, and then Daniels is mucking it up, and these temporal wars mm-hmm. are all screwing with the timelines because. I, I can see that, and there's enough lore out there in Star Trek that definitely corroborates that. No, and, lore comes later. <laughs> yeah, he does, with Data. hey <laughs> I did it. You got jokes. You <laughs> I had to try. <laughs> you nailed it. Bravo. <laughs> but uh, there's, this specific episode has one of my favorite parts of T'Pol's overall character arch. Uh-huh. I love the fact that she stands up for the crew to yes. her own Vulcan emissaries. And she's having these words with them like, hey, it took us time to learn too. Nobody got in the way of us learning. We just were allowed to learn. So who are we to do that to them? Are we not supposed to learn from our mistakes and be better? And it's beautiful the way that she stands up for him like that. It's just fantastic. So that's, and we start to see now her not only respect, but almost admiration now for Archer. So season Mm -hmm. one, he gets a respect. They kind of, they all earn that with each other. Yeah, I see. I, that is yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And they figure that out so that way they become the solidified crew that we're going to want to follow and love. Uh, in this episode, we see T'Pol kind of finish her journey. Essentially, yeah. you know, she's she's now walking down the new path. Now she's yeah. officially embraced that she is the first officer of Enterprise. She's not via the Vulcan Academy. You know, the science yeah. Institute. So, I yeah. see that point. And I like that a lot because uh, her character that big that big of a jump to make that distinction you do see the switch and it's and i I like how they film it because they never say it but you and it's it's so prevalent in this next episode which we're getting into carbon creek Mm -hmm. um how she's now sitting at dinner with them she's telling the story where it was always kind of like why do we have to have dinner like you know right yeah because she considered herself separate but at the end of shockwave because the fact that she's the one that primarily had to deal while archer's gone in the future stuck yep and then when he gets back it's like what are we going to do but she's the seller. She's right. the Vulcan that has to step up. Exactly. And when she does, I, I like when that that hit. Like I was like, this this is the stride for me. I think that when they finally go to the Vulcans, say back to hell off. Like yeah. you know, let's let let's let us do it. Yep. That was the big seller for me for this show because I really liked the first season. I loved mm-hmm. the whole aspect of coming in. But this second season, that was like that. It's just that moment, you know, you see in movies and TV where you're like, there's the hook, that that's the thing. Yeah, everything clicks. Everything yep. starts to fit together. And now that last piece is there. And it's like, now I'm excited to follow this crew. Yeah. Now I want to see T'Pol be the first officer. 100%. Because now she's not just going to be the science officer who works as the first officer. You know, now mm-hmm. she full on has taken that responsibility, which she does a few times in season oh, one. Yeah, you yeah. see her get there. That That's definitely a good progression they they take with her through but to see her here where she really stands up now she's yes in defense of them like that's a huge thing because now she's for a vulcan the, yeah the crew like that's that this is now her crew it's wonderful and that, but see that's the thing i liked about it it didn't seem like she was in it with the crew yet she was mm-hmm. just completely sold on archer i mean that she is that's and that's completely 100 percent. and well she respects hoshi they oh, it, oh, yeah, yeah. They no. scream it enough at the, on the bridge, you yeah. know? They yell at each other. I just love... Look, Jolene Blaylock absolutely crushes being serious as an officer when she gives an order. Like, oh, yeah. it's awesome. She does that very well. She's like... Yeah. Uh, she looks at you like, you heard what I said. Like, she... you. You better do what I said. It's but like, I always okay. loved her delivery on things like that, um, especially on, on this show compared to, like, a Spock or, 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 or where we're elsewhere with it. I always loved her aspect to it because she is... You you, you see the character arc turn, uh, whereas, like, Spock in the original series, I don't think there was a set... Um, that moment, the click moment, yeah. Well, well there, I th- when we get there, we'll find the click. Yeah. I don't know. If, like, I think we will find, we'll find it, it, but I think that for me, it was the Vulcans weren't completely fleshed out, just like the Klingons weren't fleshed out. So I mean, that's fair. And yeah. also, you have a different thing with Spock because he's half human. Yeah. So you're following someone who's kind of within the two worlds, yeah. whereas Jolene Blaylock's T'Pol is 100% a Vulcan. She yeah. is a member of the Science Academy. She was planning on being an ambassador Vulcan. at one yeah. point. You know, she's she was she's a big wig. She's a big deal. She's oh, yeah. one of those star up and comers. And she crushes it. And then all of a sudden to turn this way. 
to give them that. And it's really just based out of respect. It's 100% respect-based. Yeah. It's wonderful to see that. Well, because, I mean, Archer has their back. Well, you and know, he and proves that with, yeah, that with, he, with coming in. Yep, yeah. he constantly proves that. So it's that sort of beautiful growth with them is wonderful, and I'm glad we get to see more of that. Yeah. And later up, coming up on one of my all-time favorite episodes, we're going to be able to discuss that more in depth. So now yeah. we have to Carbon Creek. So, yeah, we go into Carbon Creek, so they're back. Now we, we still have our mission. We're going into Carbon Creek, and this is one where it really sets – it kind of sets it apart from all the others in this season, mm-hmm. um, especially because this is one that takes place back in time. It rewrites history a little bit, saying that this the first contact wasn't first contact day with Zephram Cochran. Right. There were actually hidden Vulcans that had crash landed on Earth, and, and yep. one of them was to Paul's grandmother. Yep. And this takes place in the like 50s. It's either the 50s or 60s. Um, yeah, I think it's the 50s. I think it's 1955, I believe. Yeah, because Carbon... So, cause, and I like how they started the story where they're out to dinner and they're like, well, tell us the story. 1957, sorry. 1957. And, and Yeah, that's right around... Sorry, I had uh, um, still have the other time travel one on the brain, Back to the Future, <laughs> with 55. <laughs> uh, so, for me, when he, when he in, in that episode, when they finally ask, like, tell us a story, and, and they do... Mm-hmm. And you get really into it. It's it showed a level of what Vulcans can be, and it actually, I think, makes Vulcans in the future who do get emotional, like the mm-hmm. Spocks or, or things like that. Yep. Um, I think it does add that element of like, oh, okay, so they they control them, but they have them, right? Because we see T'Pol more and more, and now now. As we go on and we find out why more and more, you know, with the mind meld and the, and the, uh, uh, and we'll get to the sickness mm-hmm. once we get there. But, uh, in this one, so going back to what I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted by the Klingons coming in and trying to take over. Well, that's what um, happens. You know, you got to be careful. Cloak ships, man, they sneak right up on you. Actually, I know we're talking, but I, one thing I do want to ask could you please, once we're setting up the studio, I know it's hanging on your wall, but can you hang it here? You know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> what, the Vorcha? <laughs> the battle cruiser? No, the Quapla. Oh, yeah. Oh, I the love Kopla? that picture. Yeah. So, uh, so quick side yeah. note before we get back into Car- mm-hmm. Carbon Creek. It is Star Trek related, so it works. When I lived with Casey, that hung up on the wall for so long. It's yep. Gowron was saying Quapla. Quapla. But it's yep. done in the... Um, the hero, the hope the style hopes. poster of Obama. Yeah, back yeah. In, yeah. What, what was that, 2012 or 2014? I think it was 2008. There, yeah. wow. I think that was early Good on. Good Lord. Uh, if, if it was, if it was, would be if if hope was 2012, mm-hmm. then that's when it was. Yeah, change was. Oh, change 2008, was the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Change yeah, yeah. to start. Yeah. So, but as we go on, now we're talking about that. <laughs> this always hung there, and I don't know why I fell in love with it, but I did. It's amazing. And if we're gonna do Star Trek and have the studio set up, I really would love to look at that yep. as we go on. <laughs> and I do have to always give a shout out. That was from DorkTrek.com. That was that oh, really? was the group that did that. They That's got me that. Cool. They were a, uh, they had their own podcast where they built created fan fiction stories. I love on that their, on their yeah, and I can't remember what the name of the vessel was, but it was really cool. It was fun. They had like a whole crew and stuff that would oh, do their yeah. thing. It was it was a fun podcast way back when. I want to reach out to them. See that if was still in two thousand twelve. Yeah, we at Baltimore Comic Con. They're still out. They're still around. Right? So, Perfect. I love you it. Should hit them up. I will. That's going to be great. Maybe get them on and talk about it. So, um, oh, so but anyway, we're going Carbon back. Creek. Carbon yeah. Creek, <laughs> uh, which a very good episode. I did like this episode a lot. When it started, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. And then as it went on, I was like, but I really liked how they set it up because, in, and like I was saying, like, I think this really, to Paul, really fixes her character as a Vulcan, I think, really fixes a lot of inconsistencies we've seen within Vulcans okay. down the line. Like where we see some that have um, you know, and maybe not just to Paul, but the Vulcans within Enterprise this series. Oh, like the ones that you see who are really hardcore the the ones who are yeah. so adamant about things are done by logic and they're so strict yeah. about it. Like there's two captains, actually. Yeah. The two vessel captains that we follow uh, later on in later episodes. Yeah. And both of them are very like, nope, this is the way it is. They're straight down the line, no questions, no BS. And then you get the ambassador who yells. Yeah, he gets mad. out with humans. It's yeah. Like, what? You know, and you I, get to see that. I love that aspect of it. So when Carbon Creek finally, uh, Carbon Creek uh, finally comes up, 
and we're seeing to Paul's grandmother's backstory. We're seeing an actual first contact with humans and how it ends up. I, one thing that I really took away from this is we had talked about it off the air, but uh, when she, at the end, they're like, is this true? And she's like, I don't know. And like, she just gives that little, yep. like sort of like, I don't know. Like, and, then, like, and Trip's face, like, you you a Vulcan messed yeah. with us? Like, you, how <laughs> did you do that? And then, and even Archer just is almost proud. I know, He's right? almost proud like, that she messed off. with him. He's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that opened up, I think this episode opened up a lot of doors to see the relationship between Trip and DePaul. Mm-hmm. Because Agreed. to me, that almost becomes taking out the romantic aspects that we see later. And, you know, I don't want to get into that until we get there, okay. but. Um, taking out those romantic aspects, there is a very serious from the beginning in the first season connection between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, very Sam and Diane-ish. Yeah. Oh, very much know, so. I'd done agree with that, in yeah. a wonderful way, dramatically. Yep. Uh, which I honestly, you don't really see that in dramas. No, you don't. Not the will they, won't they in the drama, at least not done this well. Yeah. Which they get to. So, but we're not there. Yeah, yeah. This is Carbon Creek. But we're this talking is about one of those Mestral, Tamir, and Paul. <laughs> where she was fine getting under his skin and just being, well, maybe not she was fine with it, but she would and it would, whatever. Yeah, she was willing to mess with him. Yeah, she was yeah. willing to actually mess with him a little bit. Now, even though, if, yeah. if, like, and it's fun. It's that game of, of uh, a Vulcan playing with you on three different levels. Because she told you a story. You know that Vulcans don't lie. And she just said that she might have just told the story. So you don't know. No. And it's fun how she kind of does that to mess with everyone. But if you logic it out, you go, oh, well, that's real. And then she shows the purse at the end, her grandma's purse in the yeah. end of that episode, which is just perfect. And solidifies everything. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it also leaves it open to just talk about this. And I want to get into this topic once we go through the episodes. But um, coming back to it, because it, it actually shows up quite a bit in different ways. And this is the prime directive almost, <laughs> where the one Vulcan stays. He wants to live his life out there. He wants to be with the woman, and they kind of go through that route. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. But before we get there, and uh, what what is your take on this episode? Oh, so this episode's a lot of fun for me because we, I, absolutely that could be true that a Vulcan vessel would crash randomly and have to sneak their way out. Uh, because how many times do we see the Enterprise do it? Any yep. version of the Enterprise. Yeah. You know, don't mess with the population. Try to stay quiet and subtle and just live out your life and figure out a way out. Orville brings it up. The yeah. freaking Orville has an incredible... That is an incredible, book. yeah. Oh, it was sad. It was brutal. It was it was a better version of this. And this, I think, is one of the best go-back-in-times-and-change-our-history episodes that's ever been done. But I think uh, to touch down on the Orville, and, and, and it really, yeah, like you said, drives us home, is in that episode... And, you know, a, a quick surprise for everybody, we were going to add the Orville down the line at the end of this because it is very much a Star Trek show. Yeah, it's it's next gen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You got, you got Brandon Braga as one of the writers and producers. I, I mean, so many. I mean, Robert Duncan Neal. You know, the Akuta's to help with the oh. design of everything. It's like, yes. I'm just looking to talk about because John Billingsley was also on the Orville. Yes, he was. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It fits. <laughs> so Fox is there. It's all good. We had Fox uh, and uh, the EMH. We're together. Yeah, Robert Ricardo was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, they had a lot of people pop up. Marina Sirtis all night. Mm-hmm. So um, now with this though, and and driving that point home is what I really like that the Orville did is they showed both sides. Yes. And seeing that like oh, I have I have a wife, I have kids. You can't. You're taking everything away from me. And then when they go back and they tell him, he's like, "You did the right thing." So hard for you. Yeah. Like how could you do that? Like he couldn't even fathom it because yeah. it was a mere matter of moments for him. Yeah. versus this entire life he let out. Oh. So that's kind of the joy in this this episode of Carbon Creek is, uh, for me, I love watching Vulcans be uncomfortable around humans. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite things that's ever put on screen. <laughs> and we get Jolene Blaylock playing her own grandmother, Tamir, and yeah. she does such a great job. She did she do a really good one. crushes it. But the Mestral character, I think, is wonderful because it shows that openness of, of Vulcans even at this time. You know, still before official first contact, still being willing to, to being fascinated by us. There's something about us that they go, oh, yeah. what is it about you? Like, I love that. I love that that's always been part of the lore is there's an affinity between our peoples and we don't know why. We're just yeah. like, I, you annoy the hell out of us. But 
and we like to fight you a lot, but we also kind of love you. So you're like our brothers and sisters. Like you got yeah. it, you know. And even and yeah, it's like that that whole dynamic with the Vulcans and the fact that they were the first ones both times, mm-hmm. in the first contacts. But uh, you know, and I like that aspect to it. But this 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 episode was very good. This is very well done. I really liked how they did it. And it all starts from them asking the question, "What were you doing?" in Carving Creek, Pennsylvania. Yeah. She goes, and the fact that she twitches, she goes, I wanted to go see the real first contact point. Mm-hmm. And their minds exploding. Oh, God, watching them both be like, what? She's like, no, no, first contact for you yeah. was first contact day. First contact for us was not first contact day. I loved it. You, we learned about you, what, a decade, or a, uh, sorry, a century before yeah. they show back up? More than that, three centuries beforehand? And it, it makes... 1957 and first contact is in, well, 2156 or something? No. 2151. 2063, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is 2063. Yeah, 2063 is first contact. Yeah, we're 40, 40 years away. We can do this. It just gotta gotta, make it. We both got to hit 80 and we can see it. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll be both be in Bozeman, Montana. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are they? <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> World War Three sucks. <laughs> The eugenics war was less bad, but still, you know. I mean, we were slaves for a while, but whatever. It's cool. We, we got through it. So, speaking of getting through it, we will move past episode two. One of, I think, one of the better episodes. Yeah, and that's why I, I wanted to spend a little more time that, on yeah. this one because there's a lot of philosophy talk to that. There is, yeah, and touching down yeah. on. But we get to another one which connects with the first contact, uh, minefield. Mm-hmm. which, uh, guys, we're going to kind of motor through these a little bit because we want to get into the points we want to talk about, but the, where they first run into the Romulans. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, they, and we don't see them. Nope. We just see the ships, and we know the minefield mm-hmm. is there, and it really damages uh, uh, the ship. And one of the crew members. I mean, we get Malcolm trapped mm-hmm. by a mine on the edge of the ship, and we get to see. Yeah. This is a fun one because we get really Dominic Keating gets to shine in this one. Yeah. He absolutely is fantastic. Getting Malcolm, a, a Malcolm-centric episode is always fun because he's a great actor, and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. So it's funny. Like, it's oh always funny because he's kind of a jerk. Like, I understand where he's coming from as a jerk. He's very much so the wharf. Like, yeah. he kind of says the thing, and everyone looks at him like, well, what? <laughs> he's like a more, not counting season three of Picard, but he's like a more... Um, Directed? Focused? Uh, not focused. I would say a more... When is it? What is it called when you're good at your job? <laughs> Everybody gets so mad when I talk about Worf at his job. I like Worf as a character. He's not a great Klingon. Uh, he's fine. He's not a great officer. I mean, true. He had some he is things. He may definitely, have... out of all three of those, not a great security uh, he's not, not a great tactical officer. He's, he's definitely not the best father. So, you know, look. Oh, my God, Worf right? Worf was trying his best. All right. Worf, Worf, <laughs> Worf is a guy who I absolutely adore and love his character and never want to see him anywhere else. Yep. But it took him, what, 30 years to actually become competent? All competent. Right. That's the word I was Competency. looking for. Competent. Yes. Hey, uh, it's all right. We've got years before that happens. All right. So, so, we, so after Minefields, the so ship is damaged, uh, you know almost beyond repair they're thinking about going home dead stop is the next episode that's which who do we get to see but the tellerites yeah come through yep finally we see some tellerites coming through on a space freighter being like nah man go hang out here this space station is great (laughs) and this the the tellerites in this are so much different from what they are in the future yeah well because they're like the zindi you have so many different races on one planet you know so they're all mm-hmm. tellerites because of their planet but they're different everyone's different oh know? yeah but we only really get one oh yeah we've only enterprise ever really see, yeah through enterprise we see one and then eventually we see one long hair at the end but that's yeah. it that's yeah so it's it's funny how we see that but yeah dead stop that's really all we see and then we get um you know this is one where they find a random ai um ship where that can or not ship a station that can repair their ship mm-hmm. so they do that but they have to give you know some things in return mm-hmm. to, to do it a payment but secretly they're taking uh members of your crew and using their life force to run their ship how exciting is that they just steal a battery while you're there no big deal hey thanks for your 200 barrels of plasma we're stealing that guy <laughs> yeah right and then of course they steal probably one of the most noticeable human beings that you could have stolen yeah, on that man. ship uh, Travis Mayweather, the the pilot, the pilot extraordinaire, you know? who like you need, like the Enterprise the, ain't going very far without him. He's phenomenal, so, and they're definitely gonna fight for him to get him back. So, so this dream that they all had, 
about going to this place turned quickly into a rescue mission. Then we get back to uh, uh, the uh, uh, after we. I, I do have to give some grief on this one because there are air vents everywhere. Yeah, there really are. And the magical technology that they have in this space station, they have air vents you can just crawl through. So, so I'm glad we got uh, our diehard moment there. Also, really love the Hoshi Mayweather story starting to blossom here a lot more than it had previously. Mm-hmm. We start seeing them solidifying. This is a good episode of them coming together, figuring each other out. And because Hoshi knows who Travis Mayweather is, she's the one who figures out that's not Travis Mayweather. Yeah. So really well done. And see, the thing that really bugged me about this was uh, about that relationship is that they do build that up in the season Mm -hmm. and then it never gets touched down on. Yeah, man, that was, so we'll get to that as we continue on because this season is probably my favorite season of the entire series. I agree. And I think they do everything really well and they grow a fantastic crew here, which this season is why I don't like the ending that they gave. And we'll get there. <laughs> but, yeah. but continuing on. Actually, I have a theory once we get through um, going. Once we get to this next episode where we talk about the second half of this, yep, yep. I have a theory that ties into Nemesis. And we'll, we'll get into okay. that and talk about it a little bit. Okay, nice. Um, okay, so I'm going to motor through because, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the certain episodes we want to highlight and other things because we're getting into it a little different. You guys don't want to hear us talk about episode by episode. So let's motor through real quick. Um, okay, we have a night in sick bay, which we are definitely coming back to talk about, and that is where uh, Captain Archer's dog Porthos finds it gets a virus while he's on a planet, uh, and it's a long night for Archer. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get back to that though, because that's a one we want to get to in depth. Mm-hmm. Marauders. This is where Enterprise finds a colony that has a deuterium. Uh, and it's a trading post, and when they get there, they realize the Klingons have a stronghold on the people who run it, and now they're going to help them fight back. So, oh yeah, we get a full-on Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, Heart of Gold episode, yeah. whatever else you want to slap on there. There's a lot so of so funny, <laughs> and I like yeah, and, and there's a lot of themes in that I really like, and that Archer shows. Oh, uh, then we have the seventh, which is a good one. To Paul and Captain Archer uh, go on a mission to capture a Vulcan fugitive, played by Bruce Davidson. Um, Cock of the walk, baby. <laughs> I, I love Bruce Davidson. He's awesome, man. Um, He's the one of the best senators to ever turn into a puddle ever. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, so he works with another. <laughs> he works with another Star Trek alum. <laughs> Two captains. Yep. So we get to. So they have to go find this fugitive uh, that T'Pol lost years and years ago, but now they have a chance to catch him again. It's a good episode. Uh, the communicator. Where Prime Directive gets goes right out the well, we don't have Prime Directive well, yet, the, but, the, but if we, we did, this is why. This is yeah. exact, This is the episode as to why everything becomes way more important and oh, way yeah. more like you better study, you check all your stuff, and make sure you're good to go. Like I love the fact that Malcolm Reed is the one who screws the pooch on this. Yes. Captain always so worried and up everyone's butts about being perfect and paying attention to rules and regs, and then he leaves his phone. Basically, yeah, he left the communicator right there. In fact, the name of the episode is the communicator, and then they have to go back to get it. But they find out that the people that inhabit that planet found it already, know they're there, think they're the enemy, and it causes a whole lot of chaos. And they are some weird Nazi commie bad guys, whatever they're They're supposed to be. They really are. Singularity. Uh, They must save the ship. Uh, T'Pol must save the ship from the crew. Becomes obsessed with trivialities. So I, I, I want to go in depth on this one as we come back, but I really like this one where mm-hmm. everyone gets really obsessed with the thing that they have to work on at that moment. Yep. And to Paul having to take the helm and try and like, like where she starts at to where she gets, I love it. So oh, we'll it come back. Fantastic. Good old wacky space radiation. <laughs> yeah. Vanishing Point, which is a Hoshi centric episode. Yes, loved it. And it also shows a little more of the, the uh, teleportation and, and, now the transporters. Well, it shows you why Bones is right. And that There's a era, lot of reasons why. Yeah, and man. especially like you know, we're thinking about like Picard season three and like jumping ahead, but like and we're going to get into that in this week's Porter Impulse. But um, that yeah, transporters are a very vulnerable thing. Yeah, and you've got to be careful. Then, There's a lot of things that can happen, but you can also you know save your life by just chilling in a transport buffer forever. That's true. So that it's a true. weird. Give and take there. Yeah, which we get to in four, yep. season four, so we'll get there. Oh, yeah. 
Um, then we get into number episode 11, Precious Cargo. Yeah. You know, where Trip is trapped with a young woman, Padma Lakshmi, who uh, plays a, what, a princess, basically. Yeah, she's like she's, a princess and she and Tripper. It was a Spaceballs episode, I felt. Very yeah. like that relationship. This was a Trip episode through and through. Yeah, 100%. Before Trip really gets serious. Yep. yep. And it just works for him. Uh, there's not much I have to say on this episode. Nah. It was a fun episode. It was a very fun episode. It was a good adventure. Yeah. It was a good romp. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was almost Jewel of the Nile. That might be a better very, actual kind not of... Not as good, but very well, no, very, no, very no. close in tone, for sure. Yeah. Um, Catwalk, episode cat. 12. This was a good one, and I want to get more in-depth on this one as we go, so we know what we're going to highlight, but uh, there's a bad storm coming, so the entire crew and some uh, uh, some visitors at the moment have to live out about a week in the catwalks of the Narcelle um of the uh of themselves so that way they're kind of stuck there mm-hmm. and their ship soon gets commandeered yeah so. because there's always someone else waiting to come grab your stuff that's true lock and your doors people final episode, episode of the season dawn which i'm I so mean, glad this is the, the episode point. yeah th- that we are finishing on in this one mm-hmm. um yeah it, this it's darmok a hundred percent it's just another version of Darmok, and they have to work together while also. So basically, Trip is, has to land, and then he and this other alien species, the two of them are individuals trapped, trying to communicate with each other, stealing the gun, pointing it back uh, and no. forth at each other, like making the other one do the work. So it's inferior <laughs> Darmok. <laughs> it is inferior <laughs> Darmok, but it does a great job of making the the stakes these are always one of the things yeah. i love is when they give the alien planet an alien character yeah and the alien ca- well, characteristic sorry the alien characteristic in this scenario is that the sun there's two suns and it's like 300 degrees fahrenheit yeah the sun's up at its maximum zenith it's like Whoa. so they are they got they get there at night where it's much cooler they can live it's still hot but they can live through it yeah. and then it, it leads off into dawn where the sun starts coming up and they're desperately trying to get out yep. and get themselves out of there. So it's interesting, to say the least. Yeah, um, it's very well done. I, once again, it's a it's fun, cheesy Darmok. Yeah. You know, it's what you want in Star Trek episode. You expect to have at least one of these a season where yeah. you're going to have someone you don't know. You're going to wind up on a planet with them, and you're either going to have to work with them or they're working against you, or you fight and then slowly gain each other's respect over time. There's always something here. These are the most consistent Star Trek episodes ever. 100%. Are these. Well, I feel like they revisited so many of the Star Trek formula that we know in this episode. Which makes it great. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, like, we went through, we talked about Carbon Copy. We talked about um, um, Shockwave Part 2 when we got back in. Let's highlight, let's go through, first off, what's the one question I have for you that we can both kind of go through? What do you think about the themes of the first half of this episode as we're coming back in? They're back out, they're back exploring. Well, the themes are everything they need to be. I think this is exactly why I love this season so much. The themes are Federation. You're seeing the Federation form its baser rules yeah. with the tactical alert, with all these other little tidbits, the the prime directive, the you know leaving your communicator down, with all of those bits and pieces. We're mm-hmm. learning and seeing more and more how the Federation will be formed that we know in the future. So it's pretty, it's very exciting to watch that and see how that plays out. Plus we get to see the more integration and people working together. Yeah. The willingness of other species to work together because, you know, someone like Archer has to go out and prove himself. So he does that with the Andorians. So we have friends there. He does that with T'Pol. Yep. So we have friends there now and with and other Vulcan captains that we've gone through. And that's what I kind of like about this season uh, with Archer is because remember when we talked about the first season, it was kind of visiting him with, uh, you know, he seems like he doesn't know how to captain. He doesn't know how to be the leader. Right. And I think now we're seeing him finally, you know, becoming the leader he knows he needs to be, that the future is telling him he is. Yeah. And so he's trying to live up to that, and he's trying to do it the best way he is by doing the, making the right choices. Yep, we see that yeah. a lot more in this season. Yeah, this season we see him really hammer down and hone in on what is the right choice every time, and mm-hmm. he's still listening to his crew, but now he's actually hearing them. In the yeah. first season, you notice he he does this a lot. He'll go on to interact with everyone, <laughs> and he'll he'll have his dinners and lunches and all that, and you really get to know his officers and listen to them. But he's still trying to make the decision he thinks should be the way. 
yeah. not necessarily the right way. And that's Archer's growth in this season that I yeah. love. So, yeah. This is the best version of Archer. Agreed. Oh, this season. Percent. Um, yeah, I definitely feel differently about that going on. But <laughs> So we go through Minefield. Like we talked about a bit, a bit in Minefield. It's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, through it, like, it's cool. You get to kind of hint on the Romulans. You never see him again. Well, and you shouldn't. They're no, supposed to be the boogeyman. I mean, that's the beauty yeah, yeah, of yeah. the Romulans is they remain the boogeyman versus the Klingons that are just terrifying just if you run into them. You know, I mean, if you just I know. you got no shot. The Romulans, you don't know. They could be anywhere at any time. One thing I do like that they do, especially with Marauders, as we got to that episode yes. and you see the Klingons return, every time we meet the Klingons, we are pissing them off more and more. <laughs> Every time, you know, specifically man. to the point where Archer is the one who's known, and that's who pisses us off. And we know there's a Klingon yeah. war, so what yeah. better way to watch this lead up? But the same guy who's been part of the Federation, who's just been needling them time after time yeah. after time after time, and getting the best of them every yep. time. And yeah, these are big houses. This is House Duras. You know, yeah. he does this against some pretty big houses, man. He's not messing oh. with it. There's no lightweights. He's no, yeah, the entire council, bro. <laughs> oh, and the council hates him for it. Yeah, oh, yeah. and and, and but the chancellor's always like, but the right thing, the honorable right thing is this, and that's kind of where we almost see Archer starting to mirror that. Yeah, yeah, and I and that's the thing, like Archer with how he is every time he he meets or sees, he gets frustrated with a lot of uh, species that we find. Um, oh, yeah, because he, Andorians, everybody, yeah. Vulcans, Vulcans, especially. You know, God, he hates he's Vulcans. always yelling. There's never a point where he's not yelling at a Vulcan. Oh God, uh, no. it, uh, <laughs> to Paul excluded. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he can't stand them. So uh, and then so like minefield and what happened there and seeing the damage to ship and dead stop where it gets fixed that really complements each other well. But when we get to uh, a night in sick bay, which is such a great episode, it's amazing. Um, and and. Was it the Cretacins who they the Cretacins? The yep. Thank you. Yes, um, you're gonna have to do that a lot for this series, <laughs> by the way. I'm it's gonna I'm gonna need brother, to do it quite a bit. For. This the, is my favorite. The Klingons, oh Klingons, <laughs> the Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a. I love this episode. This we get to see we get to see Archer be terrible at being about being. Uh, not normally a human basically he has to learn to unlearn everything he's done yeah. because the cretacins are pissed at him just literally they're just eating in front of yeah. him and apparently that was enough to offend them and they're very this is one of those volatile nations where if you offend that's it you're out yeah yeah, yeah. you have to go back and do like seven hours and it really shows the hubris of humans yeah. the vulcans talk about it all the time and we see it directly affect porthos in this episode Yep. Our, our beloved another species. Captain. Yeah, another which is, species. Yeah. Yep. And, and like that's how Phlox kind of takes that stance. Like, he, you know, he didn't know any better. You're right. Right. But you knew better. You know, and he doesn't say that outright. So, like, when you're watching this episode, but he is alluding to the, you took him down there. Right. What you, do you expect? You know, even yeah. if you told them that he's coming, they peed on his tree. That's what offended them. Right, and it makes sense. No. Yeah, just use your brain, figure that out. So we get Flocks at night, yeah, who is amazing. <laughs> we also get to see him be a beast mode doctor, caring for this the captain's dog like he is an absolute loved one. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's a, his patient, and he he takes that as serious yeah. as if it were you or I or anyone else. It's only it's one time he doesn't take it seriously, and he still is taking it seriously. <laughs> and I can't wait to get to the episode. Yep, very true. So we get that. We get uh, some weird porny dreams. Because we get, we get uh, you know, Archer thinking about it to Paul the whole time. Yeah. And kind of working through those feelings, and I'm glad they did that. Because what a good way to end it. I know. What a good way Thank to go. Thank God. My responsibility is to you as my crewman. You know, my responsibility is to you as my friend. And then as my second officer, or first officer, whatever. So there's, there's that relationship that immediately has to go. If you have any sexual tension, you have to get it out now. Like, and that's what he did. Yeah. He kills it. He turns it off and goes, you're right. That's not the way I can do this. That's not how this is going to work. And it's wonderful to see. It's just a really cool grown-up way to handle this. Yes, absolutely, 100%. So it's such a great episode of taking care of him and all the things that Archer, because he can't sleep, and it's so much tension all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the sexual tension plays a big part into it. But, of course, his frustrations in dealing with so many different species and going through all of this is really shown here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he cares so deeply for Porthos that he is 
out. Oh, he's messed up, man. Yeah. He can't be the captain he needs to be. Yeah. He's emotionally compromised. We see him emotionally compromised and then sleep deprived, which is fun that they show that too. They show everything. Like yep. there's a reason he's a grumpy bastard right now, you know? Oh yeah. When he and Paul are just doing that classic running on the treadmill thing. It's one of my favorite bits that's ever done is when people are running on the treadmill and just slowly increasing to see who can keep up and who's better. Yeah. And to Paul, who's a Vulcan, who's obviously stronger and has a different metaphysical makeup than we do, so she is able to go faster for longer yep. than we are as humans. It's funny to watch. He's trying to keep up, if not push her further. And he's much, well, no, he's not much older, but comparatively well, yeah. to species, he is older than her. She's yeah. still young. She's a young Vulcan. She's, yeah. what, 75? I think she said 66 at this point. Oh, okay. When, right. when she finally tells Trip her age, oh, she's okay. like 66. Um, and I, and I remember laughing cause I think, I think he even says something like, you look good for a 66 year old. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to, to understand that element of like, it's just different. They're just different the way yep. they're built. Absolutely. Um, That's, and so then they, 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 there's also another character. Did you have anything else you want to say about night and sick bay? Or? No, I'm, I'm good. So Marauders, I think we covered. It's pretty simple and basic. It's such a simple. The seventh is a fun episode because we get to see T'Pol finishing up her time in the Security Council when yeah. she was part of that. So that was neat. And we get the we get Travis on an away mission, yeah. which I like when Travis is on away missions. I always feel like Travis is underutilized heavily in this show for A, how good an actor Anthony Montgomery is, and B, mm-hmm. for how really fun that character is. Like, yeah. Mayweather's happy. To be doing I know. So he's excited to do what he does. Yeah. Most everyone else is stressed, worried, everything's problematic. Mayweather is one of the few people who's like, hell yeah, let's do this. Like, it's great. And, and it, but it bugs me because I really strive, after a while, through the, as the seasons go, this is where he shines the most. Yeah, I agree. And then they just underutilize him for the rest of the time. And it, it really bugged me because like, he, he was a big player on this. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's why in the next episode we get Horizon. We get to talk yeah. about that, which is a wonderful episode about his his family. Yeah. Uh, then um, we have, let's see, the com- the communicator. We discussed that one. They yeah, that, that was that was pretty self explanatory. Yeah. They left the communicator. So the one back. I really want to bring up here, because I know you have one you want to talk about as well, is vanishing point. Well, singularity is right before it, and that oh, was the one right. I want to talk about. So okay. you might we do well, that you, first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so singularity is the one where the ship gets. Uh, they're they're moving too close to that black hole for a few days, and it's it's affecting all of them, and making and it's just to Paul and flocks that are not affected. Yep. And so they go into it, and everyone is really obsessed. Like Trip, uh, before they went in, the uh, captain was Archer was like, Trip, I really can you look at seeing about fixing this chair for me? Mm-hmm. I just I hate sitting in it. That's why I never do. So Trip is now obsessed over. He's like, should I add a the cup chair, holder? Should I do this? Ridiculous! I love and like, it. <laughs> he's fighting with uh, Reed, who's now like, and that this is where you get the Reed alert. Uh-huh. Go to yep, Red Alert, Reed Alert. alert. So yep. He, you know, he's and he's making that that the the alert sound that's not Star Trek yet. No, it's just they his. Just, yep. Oh but God, I love it's, that. It was a cool layer to see that Reed was the one that came up with that. Yeah, I mean, you got to you know? think everybody who's on the first ship has to figure those things out. Yeah, that's part of what you're doing out there. Is the so adaptab- adaptability of humans, man? We'll find a way. Oh. But yeah, singularity. Our... When Flocks finally is affected in singularity, it's hilarious. Remember, that's true. She's headache, and he yep. finally is like, "What? What could it be? It could be." Oh, that's right. He was affected, but yeah. it was no, no. It was it Hoshi, or was it? I thought Travis was no. He oh, was going to perform the surgery yeah, on Travis. Right. Yeah, it was Travis that's who had the headache. <laughs> Travis comes in for a headache, and he's like, "Oh, well, we'll have to see what exactly the problem could be." There's right? a Hoshi headache one. There's yep. a Hoshi headache one, but it's a it's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's the oh my god when he has him strapped down and he's about yeah. to open him up and like she's like, "We got to stop <laughs> what this." What are you doing, Doctor? Oh like, my god, it's ridiculous. so funny. But I thought this was a really good episode to see T'Pol kind of deal with the assess- obsessive nature of everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now they're not sleeping. Now they're just yep. obsessed with getting things done. Yep. Um, Hoshi's going crazy trying to figure out this language. The kitchen, man. The kitchen. The kitchen. The kitchen. Remember, really? she's Why trying to make wrong? she's trying to make her mom, grandma's famous soup, and nobody and likes it. Someone, no. One comment is made. He's like, "Oh, it's good. It's a little salty." She goes, "A little salty," and loses her mind over a little salty. It's like if there's miso in it, of course it's going to be salty. Yeah. What are you talking about, lady? Like, oh she's my god! Her mind. It's so funny. This is a very fun episode. It I really like it. 
this no, I'm glad you brought this episode up because this is where we get a bir- an eye, a, a, not a bird's eye view, a, a POV view of to Paul and how she actually thinks about the crew. The way she interacts with them all, we get to kind of see how she actually feels about them all. Yeah. And how she handles all of them. Yeah, because she and, knows how to handle all exactly, of them. Exactly. How she knows how to handle them, but also it's a lot. Seeing what it takes out on a Vulcan is impressive. Like yeah. give me it is that emo- being around that much emotion is gotta be hard. And I can see that at the end of the episode. So once again, sorry if this is becoming a Jolene Blaylock love letter, but she's been she's amazing. The... Tabal crushes it in this whole season, man. It actually is funny. Um you know what, let's talk about Vanishing Point, and then we'll get to this point okay, where we yeah. talk about some of our favorite characters. Yeah. So Vanishing Point, Hoshi goes through the transporter. Man. Um, Teleporter, gets... Transporter action, accidents are not cool. No. Like, they are the worst type of accidents to have, and especially oh. if you're going to be disappearing in front of your own eyes. Oh, oh my oh. God. No, thank you. TNG had the multi-phase <sighs> episode um, and a Scotty episode. You know, there's there's been so many transporter things that have happened. There's so some good ones. It's fun that this is the first one. It's fun that this is the first documented major issue of transporting a human. Yep. It's wild. Like, we're seeing all of this in Enterprise. And it's it's funny that it still gets retconned in the fourth season of oh, this yeah. show. Yeah. And you're like, it's not actually. It, the other one wasn't documented because <laughs> they just said he died, but they yeah. didn't think he did. Yeah. And that could have saved Hoshi. Could have done it. And yep. If they had just said something, <laughs> you know, it could have saved Hoshi, but whatever. So Hoshi's great because she, uh, we get to see Linda Park really, really shine in this one. Yeah. Because she does all the things that I think I would do. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I love this episode so much is I completely go through her mindset. And then she's smarter by doing the tapping, you know, because I would have kept running through walls. I probably would have just jerked around and then died somewhere. Just it was smart. Entirely. But she figured it out. She's really smart. Now but it, that. it plays to her strengths of being a linguist. Communicate. Communicate in some way. Yep. And so yep. let me use Morse code. Yep, exactly. Somebody's going to know what it is, mm-hmm. of course, because it's, it I mean, was Archer, wasn't it? Was Archer. Yeah, yeah, Archer's the one figured it out. the Boy Scout. Yeah, of course. You go yeah, to the Boy yeah. Scout. You got to go it to really, the Boy Scout. <laughs> like if, somebody, if I saw a light blinking, I'd be like, eh. That lightning bolt needs to get changed. Yeah, I would have totally just unscrewed it and been like, all right. Morse code for me would be the worst thing on the planet (laughs) because somebody would be doing it trying to communicate something. I'd be like, I literally just see the light going on and off. I don't know what what this is. And I would get bored halfway through and walk away. Like the the end of Parasite, when the light keeps blinking and you can tell he's saying it to. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I'll pick up. So that way. Oh, you're good. Like the end of Parasite, when like keeps blinking and he's w- watching it, and like he can see what his dad's saying to him in Morse code, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it. Stranger Things, <laughs> I'd have no chance. Are you kidding me? No, I'd be screwed. <laughs> well, uh, at least that one they did a trail. Like if you lead a trail for me, I'll start. I can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, another cool thing we got in this half of the season, um, uh, just to touch down on, is Trip had the first interspecies. Um. In this realm, because you never know what the original right, first yeah, contact, yeah, exactly, but yeah. uh, that we know of, especially on this ship, mm-hmm. he was the first interspecies because he slept with the princess. That's right. Yep. So that's a, that's a big he? deal. He did. Come on. He did. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Are you sure? Yes. She didn't seem like the type who was sleeping. She around. she woke up with him. Yeah, uh, they did. All right. Oh, they did. All right. Maybe maybe some heavy cuddling. Because she was like, you know, if I ever see you again, like. We're going to totally do it. We're going to bang again. it out again. <laughs> uh, the only other one uh, before we move on from me. Padma kinda... Lakshmi was 100% like you are my top chef. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so the only one I would really touch down on is the catwalk. I thought that was yeah. a really good episode that shined. Uh, and the fact that the entire crew and these other uh, species, uh, I forget their names that were, were in there, um, were just stuck in there and to see how they had to live so close and annoy each other but had to do it yep. uh it, it really added a big element of of the crew aspect mm-hmm. seeing more outside of just the bridge yep agreed so. and it's nice to, nice that this show does this a few times where it gives you the entirety of the crew because we're only talking 83 people here yeah so it, it really gives you that breadth in the first season very well in this season 
it does it. It can it maintains it. How about that? It maintains. Oh it yeah, yeah. It continues yeah. to be well. We're we are a crew. There are other people on this ship, and we get to see them and meet them and interact with them. And and, and to add to that, real quick, uh, to to as we're kind of finishing off the episode, it, it really it kept the explorer from the first season, but it's so established by these characters because you like them now. They're already introduced. Yep. Um, by this time, yeah, all their little things that are popping up were just joys to watch they're established i like yeah that. and now that's one of the best parts about this oh. first half of the season especially mm-hmm. is that we get just the building on everything that we've started with yeah. everything that came before now it just continues furthering itself and the story is growing and these characters are taking on the lives of their own now and really getting a foothold in in who they are and you know the way they they're the character that they're selling across the screen the actors are nailing you know, at this mm-hmm. point, you feel everyone's in their stride. And it's yeah. great. Because sometimes it can take two seasons with some of these, you know, different characters. Yeah. We've seen it, man. Voyager, it's going to be a hard one. There's a couple bits that's like, mm, why do you waffle so much on this? Like, how come you're this way and then you're this way? We'll yeah. There. But this one doesn't. This one doubles down. It's like, this is Malcolm Reed. Here he is. This is Trent mm-hmm. Tucker. Here he is. This is T'Pol. Here she is. They're growing and changing, yeah. but it's not... It's not like they're doing something so out of character. Do you think this one, in doing that and introducing these characters the way they are, and, and really, do you think it was a benefit that, even though it takes place before all the other shows at the time, it came after and was able to to fix on the things that maybe other shows... I think it should have been more than it was. I okay. think that specific part, yes. They grew the characters within the realm of the character that they were going for and wrote that character that way. Very distinctly okay. and only growing, building off of what already existed. Yeah. So you as an audience are carrying along and you know where they are. So it's easy to follow. And it's Star Trek. You want to follow them. Yeah. That's what Star Trek does is the characters. For me, it's always about the crew. And this crew is phenomenal at this point in, this, in our series. Like I could not yeah. have more. Season 2, episode 13, Dawn just really wrapped it up nicely for me to go, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what? This is 100% the crew of the NX-01 Enterprise. I believe in them, and this is their story, and I love it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, now, before we get in, we're going to talk about a few more things before the end of the show, but I wanted, I'm going to roll down real quick in the first 13 episodes. I'm just going to say the title and who I think shined the most in each episode. Okay. You tell me what you think at the end, if you agree or not. Okay, dope. Um, Shockwave Part 2, I'd say to Paul. Okay, 100%. Carbon, I agree. Carbon Creek, I'd say to Paul. I agree. Yep. For Mon- me, it's the triumvirate of T'Pol, Trip, Archer, because they all are more comfortable with each other now. But it's T'Pol, I think, shines. The oh, most. T'Pol absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. shines. Yes, I agree. She's yeah. telling the story and like yeah, yeah. on Carbon it's, Creek. Yeah. And then in the first episode, the fact that she had to rein them all in. But Archer's very close in that mm-hmm. in the shockwave part. Just too. for smiling. Just for being as happy as he stuff yeah. is, is overall, but it's great. But even yeah. to deal with like the stuff he saw in the future, and it's just kind of like, what's this? Like, yeah. yeah, like I kind of dug that. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Minefield Reed. Uh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Dead Stop. Honestly, I would say that's an Archer episode. Oh no, I agree. It is for me. I still yeah. think that the Hoshi shine there is fantastic. Mayweather. Oh especially yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, But absolutely. But I, agree. I mean, the it's entire an Archer episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, he just always seemed off put from the beginning, and I like that aspect. Yeah, yeah, it. he knew something was wrong the whole time. Whereas you have like Trip, who's just like, I don't know, check this out. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, a night in sick bay. Yes. I can I guess who I think you'll say? Yeah, please. Flocks. Okay. I say Archer. See, I'm Flox 100% on this. Yeah, okay. I have to be Flox on this because we get to see Flox oh, be a doctor. Oh, great. Oh, and, my God. And I love how cheesy he is with his animals. I just yes. love it. I love the way he loves his creatures. It's a beautiful thing. So, all right. So, that's Night and, and that, But that, for me, like, the same on the other side, picking Archer is the highlight in that, in that episode is because he's the conflict he's dealing with. And yeah. Ar- and Flox plays such a good support to that. Mm-hmm. That's why I went with Archer first. But I That's see you. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Marauders. Who you got? Honestly, it'd probably be an Archer. For me, it's or all Trip. Archer. Trip was good with the Trip kid. Trip was good, but Archer really. See, that was my problem. I thought the kid was really weak in that episode. Yeah. There was the, so when you have the weak kid, not the actor himself, though, it just wasn't written well. You know what I'm saying? I got it was you. just yeah, kind yeah. of very bland, and I was like, okay, I've seen this a thousand times. Yeah. I know who this is. So I'm never impressed by it when I've seen that vehicle a million times. All right, I guess you. So that's that all sense. that is. 
All right, the seventh to, to Paul. Oh, it's Paul, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Communicator. Um, it was a good read episode, but Mayweather was also pretty good in this one. Mayweather's too. really good, but it's a read episode for me all the way because we get to see him basically mad at himself the whole the time. Whole time. The yeah, whole time, yeah, that's a good he's, point. He's so annoyed at himself the way he would be annoyed at anyone else if they'd done it. Yeah. So that's great because he stays consistent and true to his character the entirety. So I love yeah, that. That's a good point. Uh, of course, Singularity, I would say Archer was really good in this one, but to Paul is probably the shine because. Um, all the flocks was fun too. Yes, yeah, Singularity is absolutely it's a Paul episode. Everyone who had their struggle was fun. Yeah. Every single trip was the highlight for me and made me laugh the most. I can't help too... you read. <laughs> I have to fix the captain's chair. He's so anal about it. And I and please watch this episode because the way that story wraps up oh is my God. so good. I don't want to ruin it. That's and great. in the begin but in the beginning when it's like read like you think anything reads asking is not a big deal like oh security checks absolutely sure. i understand yeah, that makes sense yeah. why is he and then as he starts getting more and more and like drastic yep. about it it's so good it's um vanishing point hoshi 100 percent hoshi um precious cargo i'd say trip yeah nope that's trip one for me yep um but, i mean you get a space ball style adventure i mean come on it was yeah. it was too good it was too good catwalk mayweather Really? I love I Travis Mayweather in this one. Okay. I love him because he's just a good old-fashioned supporting ensign. Okay. And my God, if you don't need that every time, the you ensign do. you can always go to. And he was always a good one. And he was there. I think it was five times he came on and was given a direct order and just went and did it. Fucking like, he just nailed it. He got the whole pilot system exactly. together. Exactly. Yeah. So he just, he crushed it. I like him a lot in Catwalk. I think he did great. I think this also is uh, notable for a trip. Trip deserves a note in this one. Okay, cool. So only, but as a chief engineer, you know yeah, 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 I got gotcha. you. Yeah, really well. And Dawn, of course, is trip. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, with that being said, let's talk about who is your highlight character for the first half of the season. Oh man! So this was really hard because yeah. I love every character. As I've said, I think everyone, if you can be the best version of yourself in the role, and that's the character I see, yeah. then I'm part of your crew. Because you've made me part of your crew. I believe your crew, so I'm there. Let's do this. Yep. Um, Trip and Archer are honestly probably have two of the the largest leaps. No, no. Mm-hmm. Sorry, geez. I totally misspoke. Archer and T'Pol have two of the largest leaps as yeah. characters in this. Uh, T'Pol is absolutely hands down. I agree. My highlight character is She T'Pol. can't not be. She, I mean, you get the Carbon Creek episode, the Shockwave speech. Those two episodes back to back. Singularity. Singularity. Minefield. She's out. She's the captain of the ship while yeah. Archer's out there with Reed. I mean, she yep. is doing it the whole time. She takes over. Yeah, I would definitely say in first half she's the highlight. I'm going to say though, I was a little upset with her sexualization in a night in sickbay. Call me. Old yeah, no, now. there's a I few. Was a little bit. It was fine if you're going to do it once. To give us the understanding of what they're doing, or see, like, hey, listen, if we're talking about the sexualization, oh my god, here's the problem. <laughs> I there's so many times, poor. Oh my god, <laughs> not even now. Wait till you get to season four. Oh god, people. Oh, oh my god, like oh. it's just it's ridiculous. But it, it, the whole season three. Oh the, yeah, we'll get to yeah, the sexualization buddy. of it. There becomes a whole lot of sex, and it's, it's just, just it's uncomfortable because it's like you 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 have this. Wrong character, yeah. Who we're not putting down like no. she has a loving relationship. That's why season three doesn't no, bother no. me as much. But the problem with it is, it's it's clear like this is like oh we have to sell like teenagers on this. We need the TNA, and it's like and come it's unfortunate on. they have to push that because yeah, I felt like although yes sometimes it fits like in yeah. a, I I will always use the example of Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers has the shower scene that is not sexual at all. No. It's just people taking a shower, shooting the shit, you know, messing with each other. Yeah, literally. Getting yeah. ready to go do work. No one's horned up during it. And I think there was that, this, a couple episodes of Enterprise start to horn it up a little bit. And you can feel it being more horned up than just yeah. actual. Like, yeah, of course, we know you all go to the Sonic showers together and just shower together. It's okay. It's fine. Lower decks touched on it. They're like, yeah, of course this happens. Nobody cares. You're naked. It's fine. Yeah, because I like, and, and I like where that's at, and that's why I think it makes it so uncomfortable. Because for me in Star Trek, 
Yeah, there's a sexual component to it. There always sure. is. Like yeah. Riker's always People off humping or love, something like or that. Maybe you're like, oh, hey, I'd sure like to, you know, play some tonsil hockey or something. Yeah, yeah like it's it, it and and it's complete complete sense. But the fact that they treat it like it it's another fact of life. Yeah, it's something that we there's no shame in. So mm-hmm. do what you do and go about it. So when they over sexualize, that's where I think it's like. If you're over-sexualizing a show that has completely normalized sex, <laughs> yeah, you're making it too much. You make it weird because then it becomes, like you said, too much. And yeah. I, I, that's one of the things about A Night in Sick Bay did. Because we're so used yeah. to seeing these people just rub stuff on themselves when they're in decon, some sort of special gel that, you know, Flox has to shoot to them in yeah. their little pressure tube. Like, okay. Cool. How about I over-sexualize it now? What's that? What's that special gel? Yeah. Now, how weird is it? Like, how uncomfortable <laughs> is that? Well, I mean, he's a Denobulin, so he might have just whacked off a lot. Yeah, like, I mean, I it's mean, true. Who knows? It could be some sort of space slug jizz that's supposed to like. Oh my god! Heal whatever burn you have, or some weird thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, when it gets down to that, though, and, and like with the over-sexualization and stuff like that. And it's just those moments because when we talk about, and I know people who are going to listen are going to be like, "What about the green, uh, the Orion chick? the Orion chicks yeah. from uh, from TOS right. and right. stuff no, like no. that?" And and I get like, that. No. It's like, but they their species is built on oversexualization. Right. Exactly. We go to you Riza. Know. Yeah. We know what's going on at Riza. We're Everyone's cool. Throw down. We understand, but everyone in Riza is cool too. We're like, not saying that thing. characters can't be oversexed. Oh, look, and I'm not saying that your captain can't look at the first officer and go, she's smoking hot because she is. Yeah. I mean, that's understandable. It's how he handles it immediately was great. And I love that they showed that. I just, there was something about the scene itself that went too long. You know what I'm saying? It just, the scene itself just held on for a minute too long. Yeah. With the whole, like, they're getting closer to kissing and everything. And it was like, this is awkward. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see that. (laughs) You know what I'd love to see is as a show, either whether it's on a starship or it's like Starfleet Academy or something, where one of the Orion women is a part of it. So the sexualization's in it. Because we know, set up in the J.J. movies, that there was an Orion uh, female who was in Starfleet. Absolutely. There's been a couple. Yeah, Yeah. So I mean, Tendi now. But play up that that aspect, so that way it's like a normalization of sex even more, even through LGBTQ, which there ever has always been okay. Yeah, they, yeah, in absolutely. Nemesis, they talk about transgender. I mean, in the original, you know, series, yeah. they had transgender. People. Yeah, they had the androgynous so. ones who were able to change what they were. And like, there you get your ever, but I'd be more okay with it because now you introduce this character. Maybe she sleeps around. Whatever. It's yeah. over sexualization. Yep. It's fine. Then, because that character is that species is an oversex type of drive, right? When you take to Paul or you take Archer, somebody who we have not looked at this, mm-hmm. I've never seen Archer as the Kirk kind, never, he's not, you know, he's always, he's always the guy who's done a bit more by the book, like whatever he wants to meet a woman, that's fine, sure. we see it, but oh, yeah, I mean, it, he not, hump. he's not over hump, he doesn't need to, yeah, that's not his thing. Is Kirk. it weird that Kirk would be fine? Like, if Kirk was dreaming about her, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Honestly, Kirk. I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. If Kirk did it, I wouldn't care. If Picard did it, it'd be like, that's weird. You're, like, 45 years if, old. No, if they did that on TNG, TNG <laughs> he would be having those dreams and wake up distraught, like, oh, my God. And it's like, you can't have a dream, fair. dude. Calm down. It would be more melodramatic. It would be a so melodramatic. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> if Cisco did it, we'd be like, yeah, boy. That's what's up. Because remember, oh, he gets yeah, married 100%. for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. And also, Cisco, I'd be cheering on because he needs to get over his wife. That was yeah, one of the fair. best parts, you know, is him dealing with that loss. But Archer was so weird. Archer can't do it. Like, I, in my mind, Archer's more like yeah. Mike from Strange New Worlds. You've got those two that, they're, they're the Boy Scouts. They're legitimate freaking Boy well, Scouts. Well, no, actually, so. I like the fact that Archer was sexually pent-up intense. Yeah, I like that because it shows you that even the most stoic of our heroes can be, and it's okay to be. And we see my problem was so it's yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So my problem is it's it's how they over sexualize to Paul exactly, and it's like and you did that for ratings what you're showing exactly yep. So that's where that's where it comes in just to kind of explain like 
uh, my way of thinking on that. But well, no, because I'm with you on that, and I think yeah. it was kind of BS that it's like that's where that was my frustration with it. Yeah, it's like, come on, man, you've got like yeah. Jolene Blaylock is a phenomenal actress. You don't just need to show off her assets. I know. You know that was that was rude. <laughs> you don't even a tight tights. Like yeah, it's, you have her in the freaking skin suit all the time. She has. And somehow you made it more colorful than the next season. Oh so like God, I'm not even getting right? the maroon one. That's the, a, yeah. There were so many colors that popped up, and I'm like, what is this? Uh, but we'll get there. And that's this whole show is like a we'll get there. Yeah, sort of scenario. Oh yeah. it's this, on the way. We have to. We have to touch on things. So okay. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, did we talked about the highlight of each episode, episode highlight character of each episode? Yep. Did we the talk about of the season? Did we yep. do our highlight of the season? Mm-hmm. We said the fall, right? Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about what's your, what do you think is the best episode this half of the season? Oh, okay. Well, and then easy. what's the worst? Oh, well, a hundred percent. I'm going to start with uh, a night in sick bay is my favorite. It's a great one. I really realized that I screwed up and should have been a doctor. My whole life. I, I really screwed the pooch. They're my favorite. Way to go. And actually, with this one, uh, Precious Cargo. Precious Cargo was the worst. Was one of the least worst ones. And it was because the writing was bad and the chemistry between the two of them sucked. Well, she's not an actor. I know. And she just, she's, she she was her from she's Top a Chef. Model and a Top Chef. You know, she's. It was her and, just kind of yeah. overplaying being whiny. Yeah, she was very much so. She was a. Daphne Zuniga from Spaceballs. She was 100%. It was almost, yeah. it felt more like she was making fun of it than owning yeah. it sometimes. And I feel like there was a thing there. And yeah, you like, need to own it. Right. Even when you're making fun but of it. But the episode itself was good and fun. It was a fun jaunt. Yeah. I have to say, it was, it was a good trip a, episode. Yeah, great trip episode, but the weakest really of all. Because there's yeah. better trip episodes. There's, you know, everyone had a better episode. And uh, the only one I would disagree on, uh, Night of Sick Bay is great, but I would say Carbon Creek for me. It's my highlight. Like it's amazing. I mean, yeah. look, it's one of my top episodes of this entire series. So yeah. I always say that. Carbon Creek is one of the top series. Night in Sick Bay, though, now that something about this rewatch, something about rewatching this and seeing the characters differently now from yeah. a different perspective, because now I'm seeing it from the captain's perspective as opposed to, let's say, a lieutenant. Working in, you know, yeah. tactical. I've got a different mindset now. I'm older. I see things differently. So it's really great to see that episode. Because I, I like when you see Phlox be awesome. Yeah. Because he deserves that. Because he's awesome. He's one of the best doctors in Starfleet. In all the episodes, in my opinion. All the series. So, I agree. And we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. During our wrap-up show of the end of every series. That's true. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take off. Uh, we're going to come back uh, next week for next episode dressed in the exact same clothes. Boom. Looking it's like it's just was filmed on the same day, but don't worry. It's filmed on another it's time. It's different. So, guys, uh, if you are part of our Patreon, we appreciate you watching. Thank you so much for that and now uh, supporting us. This is why we do this, and we hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, go check out uh, Quarter Impulse on our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed there, go please go subscribe and like there. You can check us out on all social media everywhere. But uh, until next time, I am Mick Manhattan. And I am Casey the Madman Plot. Remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other, and live long and prosper. Thank you so much for joining in for this episode of Warp Factor Fiction. Remember to check out our other episode of this month. And next month we will have two more episodes covering a whole new season or movie for you. We really appreciate you joining in. If you guys are really interested in what we're doing here, make sure to go check us out. Again, the video is exclusive to Patreon, so you can go check that out. But check out our YouTube as well because we have lots of fun interviews with Jonathan Frakes, Will Wheaton, Todd Stashwick, and many more coming up from the trek world and we'd love for you to join and remember we have our companion series quarter impulse exclusively on our youtube channel where we get in depth about different versions and variations of trek that we really enjoy thank you again so much for joining in and i will talk to you soon take care from the scene snobs